This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. It is another exciting expedition into the unknown when you have Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas all getting the job done here in the locker room, ESPN 970 and Pittsburgh's uh, and Steelers Nation Radio. Sorry about that. You know, it's funny, Max, because I'm looking around. I always got things going on. And one of the great things that's happening this morning is my son, Kyle Jacob Wolfley, is, as we speak, or just prior to this, he's a major in the U.S. Army, and he was up in D.C. He got an award for a book that he published last year. So academically, the name Wolfley and Academia has somehow been enjoined together. You never thought it'd come together like that for a Wolfley with academia. But there he is, getting an award from uh, the Military Strategists Association. And I, I'm like going, how cool is that, man? You know, a Wolfley actually something in academia. Dude, that, that that's awesome. And congratulations to Kyle. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and think about this. You know, as a parent, you always want your kids to take it further than you did. And like, and like you said, he has. Not only is he a major, you know, in the art, but then he's all, he's also a, a, a book uh, accomplished author now. And now he yes. won the award. He's an academic mind. He, that, 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 I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, because here's the thing. It is awesome, you know, man. Yeah, you want to celebrate your children and – for them to do things well, you know, it just lets you know, hey, I did good as a dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like, first of all, I set a low bar for him. OK, so I mean, it's like anything that he could achieve academically, you know, you that's class that's a good all right. start. Good job. <laughs> that's high five. Good job. You got to see yeah. boy. But, you know, this is a young man who went to West Point, graduated with honors. And I mean. You know, again, as, as Tunch Yolkin remarked after uh, Kyle graduated with honors and all that, right? He said, boy, when the apple fell from that tree, it landed the next valley over, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, so, hey, apparently yes. your tree must have been on a hill. And it just kept rolling. <laughs> boy, oh boy. He's not kidding. So, congratulations to Kyle, Major Kyle Jacob Wolfley. Um, a young man who graduated graduated West Point and uh, got his Ranger tab and served at boots on the ground in Afghanistan uh, for a whole year. And um, we are greatly appreciative of his service. And to all our great men and women of the armed forces, um, we appreciate you guys very much. And we celebrate that little, little Wolfley victory today, which is a big one. Uh, and congratulations to Kyle Jacob. All right. So, my friend. By the way, what a finish last night with the, you know, with the Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson is just getting to be insane. Yeah, who would have thought that you could fumble as many times as he did and still come back and win a game? I mean, and it was the amount of red zone fumbles that were given up. The defense was getting shredded for three quarters. And for them in the fourth quarter and overtime to come roaring back in the fashion that they did. I mean, Mark Andrews, though, is a beast. 
Uh, oh yes, of, of 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 a tight end. Oh my gosh! I mean, the dude was really the offense for a majority of that game. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the scary thing because I was looking at it, I was like, man, I cannot wait for a clean sweep of everybody else to lose in the AFC right. and bring it within one game for the Steelers. And of course, Baltimore poo pooed on that one. But yeah, that 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 Raven squad is a tough, tough squad, and they they have some more days. They lost Ben Cleveland um, in the game last night. But uh, but yeah, boy, they 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 stepped up big and uh, and and pulled a dub out against against the Indianapolis team that was looking really good under Frank Wright. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself as I'm, I'm reading the stats this morning. I'm going, did I see that right? Thirty-seven of forty-three, four forty-two by uh, Lamar Jackson, and you're like going, no interceptions. No, I, that's that's amazing because your your first and always perception of Lamar Jackson, uh, be it right or wrong, is always that. This guy really, you know, the running game and all that they're doing and things like that, and what what a mobile quarterback. But this guy can play quarterback and do it at a high, high level. Well, he could do it at a high level, and then he he, he has great decision making skills. You know, right? A lot of times in trouble, he felt that pressure and was able to hit the dump off to the tight end, which was like, hey. Oh, it's around. I can get it right there, and I can zing it in there. And it wasn't like I have to use my legs every single time to get out of trouble. And so he's developing into this well-rounded, balanced quarterback that is lethal with his legs as well as his arm, but more importantly, his mind. Now, we could argue, you know, about ball security. Um, you know, that's Max. By the way, that's tight. what people yeah. always said about me too. You know that I'm lethal with my mind. See, yeah. you know that's just. <laughs> okay. Well, well that headbutts don't count, Wolf. Oh, oh, oh okay. Count. I'm, I'm sorry. That's you right. can't physically use your mind to attack people. <laughs> oh. oh, boy, does that change things then? You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, now I got a better yeah, understanding. I, yeah. But, I mean, you know, and, and I think that that's kind of where – because we really want to put Lamar in the running whole p- position, right? He's a running quarterback. He's a running, run-first option type of guy, and he has really matured himself. What he's been able to accomplish over these last couple of years and turn into a very lethal and efficient passer. And, of course, you have the home run guys, right? You have Hollywood Brown there. Um, right. You have some other pieces. And like I said, Mark Andrews, I mean, was his best friend last night for a majority of that game when they couldn't get anything else done. But he is just making great decisions. And that's four in a row for them. That they reeled off since losing week one. And you've, you've, you've beaten that Colts team. Like I said, it's not as bad as they're not as bad as their record because they're finally hitting their stride. But to have a comeback <clears throat> in that type of fashion. Man, it, it it was crazy to watch. If you would have turned that off early, think it was a blowout, you were sorely disappointed when you woke up this morning. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. No doubt about it. Well, one guy that I, I think we're all sorely disappointed and sorely it doesn't even begin to touch what he was feeling and was taken off the field was Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, you think about this guy. You know, he had an opportunity actually to go join the Ravens this past offseason. Free agency, there were several teams that made bids for him, but he stayed on a one-year contract with the Steelers. 
And, uh, you know, comes back, you know, he had been hoping for a, a, get a bigger contract, but with the COVID stuff and everything else, it seemed like a good move to just stay put, do what you did, sign with the Steelers, and then be able to play out your contract this year. But unfortunately, uh, he took a real shot from Kareem Jackson, who is the guy's just a, a, a stud. I mean, that, that safety for the Bronx, you know, that guy comes downhill and bangs. And wow, you know, when I saw Juju coming off the field, and you know how it is when you're hurt. You know, you, you, you kind of hyperventilate when you got those really sharp pains. You're like trying to breathe because it uh, the pain gets so searing it can really create some issues. Because you know one thing about Juju, he's a pretty tough dude. He may be SoCal, Southern California, but he is hard rock through and through. And I respect his, uh, his professional toughness. And you could see pain etched all over his face and a little bit of hard breathing going on because you knew the pain was pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough blow to replace to, – to even think that you have to replace a guy like Juju um, because Juju also does the dirty work at the wide receiver position. Right. He's your guy that's going to dig out of safety. He's your guy that's going to run this, the, you know, a motion and, and, and crack the end man on the line of scrimmage. He's a guy that is also going to catch across the middle. He's going to do the contested catches, the ones that – where you know you could develop what we like to call alligator arm syndrome, <laughs> when you feel other people coming in opposing directions, that outra- outstretched hand gets real tight to body after that, and you, and you just the fingers are right there. They don't want to extend because they're like, if I extend, I, I I get I get hit. And he didn't care. I mean, he would go and be that guy that will win you the contested catch. He's a guy that will win you the challenging ball play. And so to not have him um, is tough, but it also presents an opportunity, right? James Washington, you have an opportunity. Ray Ray McLeod, you have an opportunity. Um, And uh, Cody White, you have an opportunity to come in as the homegrown guy. And then I saw last night that I guess we, we, it was reported, I think by Ian Rappaport, that we were bringing in Anthony Miller for a physical. Yeah, that's. I think it was Kiki uh, Kik- Kinkabwala. Well, I, 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 you know, I, no, Aditi. Aditi Kinkabwala. What I say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. get poor girl. Yeah, Aditi, I get a name yeah, mixed Aditi up there. And then and then Ian Ian retweeted it. Sorry, I apologize, Aditi. Um, yeah, I apologize yeah, so also we'll because, by the way, is. Max, this is this is what happens when you attack with your brain. <laughs> when you when you physically attack with your brain, this you start to yeah. screw up people's names. So I my apologies. All right. Yeah, but yeah, you're, you're exactly it. Yeah, I, I mean, and and that that's one of the crazy things, you know, is when you're when you're trying to get it, you hit, you hear it, and you know it in your head. Is sometimes when it boom from from right up top to right down below, sometimes <laughs> it lost it gets lost in translation. You know, you don't have the toll. The toll wasn't paid apparently previously before you opened your mouth. obviously it's not been paid for quite some time in my case but you know you take a look at that (laughs) but you take a look at this and you know you think about the this this team has gone through now without juju you went a game or so without dj because he hurt the knee then you had chase go down in cleveland or in green bay um you know uh each and every guy has gone down and had an issue and been hurt or missed some time. And it's about the next man up. you got to play that next man up thing, but you got to beat that drum. But you know as well as I know that the next man up, you know, 
you've got to you've got to put that expectation out there and at that level. But there's some there's a difference between let's say a Chase Claypool and a Cody White, you know, or bringing in a Miller who, you know, I mean the guy's talent got some talent, obviously NFL caliber, but how long before he can ramp up and actually be something that can join in and, and participate? That's the question. Yeah, I mean that, that's always a, that's always the toughest part. But I think, like you said, Chase Claypool, a lot tougher to 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 replace. Um, Deontay Johnson, we know, is very tough to replace for what they have very unique skill sets. And Juju had a unique skill set, um, but I think there's other guys on this team that can help fill that void a lot easier. Not to say that they're going to do exactly what Juju did. I'm not saying that. But James Washington is a veteran guy who's been here that knows this system, that knows how to play a physical type of receiver. Ray Ray McLeod is a willing combatant, as we saw in the game on yeah. Sunday. You, you highlighted it yesterday, and I think that's important to know. The guy is motioning and going in between the tackle and tight end and goes and digs out a safety and gives him a wall for Najee to cut back to get, to get an even bigger gain. So – you have some guys. We just need to see more reps from them. And, you know, like you said, Cody White is your best option right now um, to help hopefully fill up the volume in the room. Not necessarily take the place of, but fill up the volume in the room so that at least it on the outside, we've got a good group to rotate through. You know, I like – I think of uh, Cody White, and I look at him, he's like I, – I love the name Cody White. It just – it sounds like a tough guy. You know, he's 6'3", 217. I want to call him Buffalo Bill Cody White. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the, the great frontiersman of years ago. Because, oh, yeah. you know, he, you, watch, you watch Cody White. He hunts up some people. You know, he will go inside and go after some people. Um, I love the opportunity that's now coming forward to him. You wonder, and this is what always kind of fires me up about watching young guys from the very beginning to as they progress through and hopefully – are able to establish themselves. But can you grab hold of that moment and be able to exert your will upon it and pull yourself into that room and, and, and take those snaps and be productive and find your niche in that you know group of, of wide receivers? And this is an opportunity right here, right now, for Cody White to be able to establish himself. Yeah, and, and, and really start to build off of the good work that you did in training camp, right? I mean, right. he was a guy that was sure-handed, um, yards after the catch by run, running it, you know, and I think that's where you kind of have to say, okay, Cody, when you do get that pass, like we talked about, that says good job, that, that's essentially what it is. It's like sending a, a thank you email, you know, that, that gets delivered by a ball, by ball messenger. You got you got to catch it. You got to you got you got you got you to grab the mail, right? You got to grab the mail and run with it because those opportunities are going to build, obviously, a rapport with the quarterback, but also build on the compliments given to you. The fact that we trust you that that Ben trusts you enough to throw the ball to you in those situations. You know, I also believe that. Uh, let's see, wasn't the uh, Buffalo Bill? Wasn't he? Wasn't he also a Pony Express rider? Wasn't he one of those guys? Huh? I don't know. I'll have to go check that out. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I can see that I'm, I've got you like overwhelmed. I'm sitting here with my frontier yeah. knowledge, right? Yeah, Which yeah. Is I'm, very there, I'm like, I'm like, I like, I know I'm out in the frontier, but I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go to break because we have the great Bob Labriola coming up next. And I want to make sure that we are all primed and ready and raring to go. You're in the locker room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, uh, ESPN Pittsburgh, and Steelers Nation Radio. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, indeed. It's time for that time with the man who's, he's a walking crossfire hurricane on his own right. That would be the great Bob Labriola Labs. Thank you so much for joining us in the locker room, my friend. And I got to make a pitch for the one, com- the one question I saw asked that I wanted to see on asked and answered was somebody who suggested maybe that they had food service on the sidelines. Cause you know, Gadzooks, people like me got to eat on the sidelines. <laughs> you'd, you'd still be finding a way to play if they serve food <laughs> on the sidelines. Um, oh, and thank you for that uh, lead in music there. Finally, someone who is older than me, Mick Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Oh, oh, hey, well, I got to say this, Labs, you know, first of all, and by the way, my first, the first thing I would suggest on the sidelines is uh, something to be served up. How about some lasagna? Okay. Max and I, we both have a fondness for lasagna. I think that would go well with the hogs. Would not play well during the game, but would definitely love it in my stomach. Right. Yeah. And on a nice hot day, um, lasagna and then the, the uh, red all over the turf uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then wash it down with the milkshake uh right before you go on the field yeah <laughs> oh man yeah. hey oh. by the way gentlemen i have seen that for real in the face of a nose tackle because i was next to tunch ilkin when he vomited straight in the face of ron simmons at when tunch played center early in his career in a preseason game when he threw up straight in the face of Ron Simmons. And let me tell you something. It happened at the snap. So when we double teamed him, I mean, Ron Simmons stood up and screamed because his face was covered with, oh, let's say some pregame meal, you know, some eggs, some toast and everything. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. I'll just leave it at that. So moving along as we, uh, as we roll in here, uh, labs, you know, how many how many injuries can the wide receiver room take before, uh, you know, you might run out of bodies bringing up from the practice squad. You might have to seek some outside help. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I 
See, the, the whole thing with the wide receivers, bringing them in from the outside, is how long before you can put them in a game? Right. Two to three weeks, right? I mean, they got to learn right. the playbook. Um, then they got to, uh, you know, start working out on the field, working on the field. Um, you know, ben, ben or the other quarterbacks need to learn about him. He needs to learn about them. Uh, I, you know, then you got to teach him the hurry up or the no huddle or the two minute or whatever uh, it's called these days. Uh, I, you know, I just don't see a guy being able to come in with no, no um, prior exposure to the Steelers uh, system playbook, that kind of stuff, or any of the people on the team in less than a month. So, uh, you know, I don't think that it's uh, – we'll find out here uh, Mike Tolman's presser maybe that starts at noon uh, what the situation is with, you know, what I would term the walking wounded. I, I think that certainly from what I've heard, uh, read on social media so far, that uh, Juju's uh, prognosis is not very good in terms of uh, a quick return, even if he returns at all this season. Maybe we can find something out later. So – um, you know, I guess that uh, James Washington, uh, hopefully he can come back uh, in a timely fashion. Um, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with using that number two pick more either. That's true. That's, That's true, too. Yeah. Hey, can yeah. I ask you guys uh, a question? Can sure. I ask you guys a question? Offensive line question. Okay. okay. So the center, So the center will make the calls on, you know, the whatever the blocking scheme is. And that happens for running plays too, right? Yeah, he, he makes the mic ID and then whatever his combination call is based off of that mic ID. Okay. Does that change or become more complicated with motion by the offense? That does. It could possibly change who your mic is um, because if a guy, say the structure right, you're looking at the shell, Two safeties high, two cornerbacks. That's what you call the shell, Bob. Okay. And so yeah. when anybody in the interior of that shell switches sides, that changes who the mic point is. So say the slot corner comes from the right and goes to the left, and he was your quote-unquote, let's say, Will Backer um, for the sake of the shell purposes. Now if he runs front side with that guy, he becomes the Sam. So okay. if he's on so, the other so side my- of the linebackers, yeah. So my point is, is that all of this motion on offense isn't necessarily doing Kendrick Green any favors either. No, and, and that's why you saw a lot less motion early in the game and why they were so effective running the ball because the mic stayed the mic. And that was one of the things we argued early on was that you can't move guys multiple times within it and guys are moving because it changes what your mic point is. And that's a tough thing to change your mic on the fly, so to speak, especially when they were running a lot of weak side run game because you're going to the front side backer or considered the weak side backer if you're running weak, um, you know, where that will would be inside and an easier move for him and the left guard to go up to, to then when you motion a guy, a guy doesn't move um, or a guy shifts further out. Now that point is outside the tackle and now you have to go even wider stretch and nobody was there to get him because the motion guy left and nobody moved and you're like 
he was supposed to move with, with the guy because he's on the slot. We're not accounting for him. And now that slot guy becomes an actual defender that you must block as a lineman. Okay, well, that's that's I kind of uh, – I, I don't understand it, obviously, Max, to that degree that you just explained. Yeah. But that's my point. Um, all that motion isn't doing the rookie center any favors either. No. And, when and you're a rookie center exactly that you also, so. Yeah, and a rookie center that you also have to remember – has not played four years of center in college before coming here to where he has that nuance. Kendrick Green played about four to five games in college and has now played essentially the same amount of games now in the pros um, that he played in college at the center position. So he's still learning a lot. So you want to try and make that transition as smooth as possible um, and less nuanced as possible early on so that you can get a hat on a hat and allow guys to do what they do best and especially for Kendrick Green, which is attack. Attack the right guy. And once he IDs him and then has to go into a snapping motion and then movement, why have to have him think about it and possibly have to change what he was already thinking to do? Make it as easy as possible so he can go out there and be as aggressive as possible with the right box count and with the right amount of bodies to the side to make those holes open for Najee. Thank you. Thank you for that little tutorial. I'm serious. No worries. <laughs> no, because no, I, because you know, when you're talking about uh, when when the discussion is about you know the young offensive line and the cohesion and all of that kind of stuff, I just often wondered um, because I remember somebody telling me once that um, that also changes when when um, a receiver goes in motion. That also can change. Like who's the X, who's the Y, and who's the Z receiver, based on where mm. the ball is snapped, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, and the, and the receiver is in his motion, um, and so I was just wondering if you know that complicates other uh, positions as well, and it seems that it does. So um, oh yeah, that was kind of that was one of my questions. Why why is that being done so much with players who are struggling just to learn, you know, the basics of um, football at the highest level in, on earth uh, with athletes weekly that they've never, they've never encountered before. Um, and, you know, the thing always is, um, uh, you know, you don't want to, you want them to play fast. You don't want them to think. Right. Uh, okay. Well, thanks. I, I now I understand that a little more. And the next question I get asked and answered, I'm going to credit slash identify you <laughs> as my that's, that's a good one. But, Labs, think about this, because Max is, is saying it just right. I mean, when you have that sort of thing happening, not only do you have uh, – that we're, we're just talking – we're not even talking about zipper motion, where they go back and forth yeah. and come back. So, I mean, when you talk about doing stuff like that, not only do you change the XYZ or stuff like that and change the mic – and change the strength of the formation, but schematically things can change. And of course, one thing that I love about all of this is you you just identified what Mike Tomlin was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Remember when he said in his press conference, he said three three ways to get better, schematics, fundamentals, and gaining knowledge. And all of that has to do with the schematics because things will change when you go from the X to Y to Z, the motion, the strength, the mic, all this sort of stuff coming out the fundamentals, because instead of maybe a, black, a back block or 
or wall left or right, what have you. You've got a squeeze call or what, anything like that. But it's also the gaining knowledge. And part of the gaining knowledge is, I think Matt Canna said, you know what? Let's go with some uh, 13 personnel, you know, three tight ends, two tight ends. Uh, let's, um, let's simplify and come off the ball and go after these guys, maybe a little more inside gap blocking or inside zone and, and, and bully ball a little bit. And I think that played into the Steelers being able to run the ball so very effectively early on. And when you gain that lead, by golly, good things happen. You got the lead and you can run the ball. Boy, it makes for an interesting afternoon. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunate it took that many weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. To come to, to, to come to that conclusion. I mean, um, but yeah, it looked, it looked a lot better. And I also think that, um, one of, to me, one of the keys uh, in the Denver game was, you know, as Mike Tomlin calls it, staying on schedule. And right, if you're yeah. running the ball a lot on first down, and everybody knows who they're supposed to block, and you got uh, that guy they got in the backfield wearing number 22, you have a very uh, outstanding chance, in my opinion, to win the down, which is four yards. Isn't that a win on first down? That's a win, baby. That's a Absolutely. win. Okay, so... Um, yeah, now I'd like to see, you know, start, starting with that kind of as, uh, of the, the basis, you know, the foundation of the building you're trying to build, um, you know, let's, let's do that for a while and see, see where it, uh, see where you end up here in another month, because, um, I, I don't know, I've, I've been a big Najee Harris fan, uh, from when he was in college, uh, as an, uh, a lover of. SEC football on 3.30 on CBS on Saturdays when I have an opportunity to watch it. Um, so, okay, well, let's, like I said, thank you for that information. And now I'm going to maybe use it in, in some other uh, places, <laughs> and I'm <sound> smart. <laughs> well, you're gaining wisdom. Now, before That's we right. go to break, Labs, i got to ask you something. Would you say officially that we can put to bed all this just yelling and screaming about the fact that Ben can't do it anymore? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, you're never going to, you're never going to be able to do that because he's a quarterback and this is Pittsburgh. I mean, okay. Was, yeah. And Wolf, you know, this too, uh, people complained yeah. about Bradshaw at the end of his career. Um, it, right. it's just, and then as soon as he's gone, they're complaining that he's gone. So, um, to me, that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the nature of, of you know, fandom. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the thing about with Bradshaw, t- or excuse me, with Ben, too, was um, kudos to Chooks. Because Vaughn Miller yeah. can ruin your game really easily, one-handedly. Yeah. And um, there were a couple of times, like, I kept checking, because I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if, who's ever calling out the numbers or tackles and pressures and stuff um, is missing him or is he injured or, you know, cause where the heck is Vaughn Miller? The middle of the third <laughs> quarter, I'm thinking. Um, so, I mean, I don't, it seemed to me that uh, they tried to get Chief some help, but there have to be times when he was on him himself. Uh, and I, he, I, I don't know. I didn't notice him. Uh, and I sit up there with binoculars uh, on the line of scrimmage pretty much at the start of every play. And I didn't notice Vaughn Miller. So whoever uh, is responsible for that, um, 
you know, tip of the hat from me, who knows little to nothing about the intricacies of offensive line play. You know, that's why I come on this show every Tuesday, uh, hopefully <laughs> expanding my, my repertoire a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you know, you give Ben some time, um, and, yeah, he can still – he still has the savvy. He, he may not – I'll tell you, that, you know the one pass – or it wasn't really a difficult pass, but that it was in the fourth quarter – it was that little slant to Deontay Johnson. It seemed like he right. spun around, faked one way, turned around real quick and put it right on his on his numbers and gave him a chance to run and he ended up with another first down. Um that to me was it was not a difficult throw, you know, from a you know, a technical standpoint maybe, but what he had to do to make it work, uh, you know, was an NFL play. And um, you know, the touchdown uh, in the middle of the end zone to was that Claypool? I think yes. Ben yeah. Chase was a nice yeah. throw. You know, um, yeah, there was nothing wrong with his coverage. arm strength, right? Or um, <laughs> you know, velocity or any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, there is still some things that he can do, and he can do very well. Um, you know, just don't make him pick himself up off the ground so much. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 Thank that you man so up. much, Lance. Yes. <laughs> Make sure, pick that man up. Give him a plate of right, lasagna, uh, too, when he gets off the field. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Go. Hey, thank you, Labs. Appreciate you so Thanks, much, Bob. okay? All right, fellas. Take care, See brother. You on Sunday. All right. That's all great Bob that. Labriola. And, of course, uh, he is uh, editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com and all things Steelers history related. We appreciate him coming on. And, Max, it's time to go to break, my friend. So, Uh, Folks, hang with us. We're in the locker room. We'll be back after this. and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So I'm hanging out last night, and I got the Prime Video thing, and I see this biography that I wanted, a documentary, you know, on, on the great, late, great Stevie Ray Vaughn. Now, Stevie Ray, of course, is a blues guitarist from Texas, and really kind of started kicking it back in the early 80s, and I became aware of the whole blues movement. And, and, and you know, it was just, it was an exciting thing to see because I got to meet him on a, on a couple of occasions and really enjoyed it, you know. I got to tell you, you know, those blues guys, Max, you ever enjoyed that little blues music? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, you know, I'm from the South, so, you know, and when, okay. and when you get to visit the Mississippi Delta, I mean, you, you ha- you're, you're, you're treated to a lot of blues acts, and, of course, the great B.B. King um, being right. one of the fathers of that and progenitors of the blues sound. I mean, you, you it just it gives you it gives you all of the emotions that you want. And even like listening to that 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 song by Mick Jagger, you could hear kind of that rockabilly bluesy type of influence 
in their music when they would do stuff. Um, so yeah, I was like one of those. It was just like, okay, all right, okay, I got it, I got it, I got the re- I got the rhythm on the top of my head, <laughs> feeling good about it. But yeah, no, I mean, blues music is one of those things. Another thing that, I, that you know that I enjoy with my wife, and it's more of a Cajun style Zydeco music. I mean, because it, it's just one oh of those, yeah, it's got a lot of soul into it, and not you know you know you do get some you know some songs that have words, but sometimes it's just it's just playing the music and it's that rhythm and that cadence, and you're just rocking out. Um, you know, with 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 just a bunch of different instruments. So now I'm a hu- I'm a huge fan of all musical forms. You know, one of the one of my favorite things was uh, after I retired, I got to know a guy named Tim Manis here in Pittsburgh, and he played with a band. He had a band called Mongumbo, which was a Zydeco uh, band. You know what I mean? Sort of, you know, New Orleans yeah. style music, as you say. And I got to play with him, and it was great. You know, we actually played out at. Uh, Hartwood Acres once we opened for uh, Dr. John. I got to step in and just stay, be on stage for a little bit, which was absolutely terrifying. But it was so much fun, <laughs> and it was just how you know, is it, it was terrifying? Just... You play in front of tens of thousands of people a week, on top of the millions watching you, and you're scared to get on stage with with, with less than a thousand people. Come on, Wolf. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Max. I I had. They told me I looked like I was choking my guitar. I was, I was squeezing so hard. That's right. You were making it, it cry. That's all it was. You were making it cry. I was. I was yeah. making it cry. I got to tell you, it was so bad. But what a pleasure. What what an awesome moment to be out there. And, and then to be able to set, sit off stage and watch Dr. John go on and do it. It was really a lot of fun. Had so much fun doing it. But again, to the Montgumbo band, you know, which was really big around here in Pittsburgh back in the eighties, nineties, and that sort of thing. Uh, in the two thousands, even they went into, it was, uh, it was just a joy, but anyhow, uh, moving along here because the whole thought process came to, you know, blues was always about going back to the roots, the roots of rock and roll. It's the blues, uh, the roots of the football f- franchise that is known as the Pittsburgh Steelers has always been the run game. And one of the things I thought was fascinating besides the fact that, the Ravens did not break the, what, 44 or 45 straight games that the Steelers established back in the 70s or whatever of 100-plus yard running game in a row. Uh, the, the Ravens didn't break that record. Um, but the thing is, the roots of this franchise has always been about uh, running the ball. And it, it caused me to say, what does a running game get you, Max? I mean, you take this game that we look at this this wonderful game that we just played, you know, you beat the Yonkos, but the whole thing was about coming out there, uh, running the ball as much as we did. 89 yards in the first half was, I believe that was what Najee had, or uh, at least uh, somewhere around there. Um, what What does it do for you besides just the fact that, okay, we're running the ball? Uh, let's see. First from the opponent side of it, you demoralize the opponent. When you run, the there ball. you go. Yeah, you demoralize you. You tire, and you you make them question and second guess themselves, and that's what you want to create. You create doubt essentially in their mind because everybody comes into a game tough, right? Well, you come into a game. I'm tougher than you. I'm better than. You. I'm gonna go show you from a defensive perspective, and then an offensive lineman, as the Mike Tyson mantra goes. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and that's essentially what you're doing. 
the the run right. game is the jab. It's the jab that keeps the opponent at bay. Four, five yards, bow, bow, stay back, stay back, stay back, because you get in closer, I'm going to hit you with the haymaker, which is play action pass, you know, or it's, or I'm going to bob and come with, 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 you know, with the hook across the bow. Right. That's where you get your right. deep crossing routes, right? It's, it's that ballet, and when you have the run game and a defense has to guess, is this run, is this pass, and whatever I guess, I'm wrong. Because once you establish a run game, and once a run game is always available to you, right, because when you get into third and short situations, which is if you have a good run game, that's what you're usually playing in. You're not, you're not in third and long. You're not in second and long. You're in second and medium, third and short, or third and manageable. And now I can either run or pass. And a defense is like, I got to get off the field. I got to get off the field. I got to get off the field. Okay, I'm going to try and make a play. Oh, oh, no, that was wrong. Oh, he beat me. He faked me out. You know, those are the things that you're trying to create. It's the doubt that you create when you have a run game. And having two dimensions of football available to you, which is ground or air, that is what a run game provides. It provides, it sows the seeds of doubt. And then when you're successful and on schedule, as Lab said, and as we talk about on first down, it keeps everything available. When you lose on first down, when you lose on second down, now you limit what's available to you on third down. I must pass. I must screen. The ball must travel in the air for us to accomplish our goal of getting a first down. When you run it effectively, I can do whatever I want. Life is like a box of chocolates at that point. Forrest Gump is sharing chocolates on third down. You never know what you're going to get. And that's that doubt that you create. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I don't like coconuts, you know, covered chocolates or co- uh, coconut filling in, in my chocolate. I like caramel. I like I like almonds in it or just solid milk chocolate. I don't, oh, I don't want dark chocolate. I don't want the cherry in the middle, right? That's what you That's what you create in their minds. Do I press? Do I bail? Do I go with this guy? Or do I stay in my zone? You create all of that doubt. And when you have to think, we know you're going to be a, a tick short on time. You're going to be a tick late. And that's, the, and, that, and that's the difference between a first down and a fourth down. And as a defender, you're like, oh, my God, another first down. Okay, we got to stay on here for at least a minimum another three plays. Uh-oh, they're in a run formation again. <sighs> I got to go hit this back that doesn't go backwards. That's what it creates. Oh, my God, another big guy working to the second level on me to wall me off. It just it just wears you down. It keeps the tempo. It's the cadence of the entire offense. Uh, or sorry, of the entire team. Offensive line run game keeps the tempo, keeps the beat steady for you, right? And it allows your defense to rest. It allows your receivers to not have to run as hard. It allows your offensive line to do what they're built to do, and that's go forward. When you have that that big lower hip girdle area that drives forward, <laughs> the plows are always worse when you have to try and drag it backwards. Right? It's easier when it goes forward because it has a V, right? Like the spark, like the spark. Right. You create that V, that phalanx, and you move forward. Phalanx. It's easier to go there forward. Go. So. Yeah. Okay. My diatribe's over. My diatribe's over. No, but it was perfectly <laughs> put. And I think we got to expand on that. I want to open that up a little bit because I got an illustration for you. And I think it also 
it captures what the essence of what you're talking about, and that is about imposing your will, which is what Chuck Knoll used to talk about. So when we come back in the second hour, we, Max and I, will impose our wills on each other as we speak about the run game, which we both love. <laughs> All right. It's Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room here on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be right back after this.